All right, let's begin then. So what is this class about? We've just talked about all the mechanics of the class. It'd be really nice to know what the class is about. It is Astronomy 161. It is an introduction to astronomy using the solar system as the basis. Now, you don't have to take notes today. Today is just an intro. Might as well start by consulting the experts. Some of the various themes that we're going to cover in this class. One of those themes, one of the big picture items of Astronomy 161 and 162, is well embodied by this wonderful quote from the greatest physicist of the 20th century, Albert Einstein. The most incomprehensible thing about the universe is that it is comprehensible. One of the real surprising things that we have learned over the last probably three to four hundred years of investigation of the space, in fact, if you really want to get to it, investigation since the beginning of human records, is that the universe is vast. It is greatly bigger than any human being, and yet it is understandable. We can describe the phenomena of the universe in terms of very straightforward, basic mathematical lo uh, physical laws that may be expressed and manipulated mathematically. That is not an obvious result. That, is, in fact, is sometimes one of the most surprising things I can ever think of. That phenomena that are so far removed from human experience can nonetheless be understood and can be understood basically. And one of the lessons that comes out of this class is not only what those phenomena are, but what the rules are that are behind them and how we came to that understanding and our confidence that we have most of the correct explanation. Another way of approaching this class, I want to go not to the physicists of the 20th century, but to one of the greatest samurai of all time, Miyamoto Musashi, who wrote in his book of the Five Rings, the Goren no Sho. It will seem difficult at first, but everything is difficult at first. Some of the material in this class will seem eminently familiar to you, and then all of a sudden you will find yourself on very unfamiliar territory. Sometimes it's going to be a little rough going because we're going to have to learn some language. We're going to have to learn a few uh, ways of thinking about the world that may not be as familiar as you would like. It's going to be a little tough going at first, but all I ask is stick it out. Fight it a bit. Talk it out. Because what you'll find in the end is it will pay off. You'll actually will come to an amazingly deeper understanding of the world around you. And that is a goal in this class. To slip in another Einstein quote, one of Einstein's comments was that common sense is the collection of prejudices we've collected by the age of 18. That's a very similar statement about common sense. Sometimes the things we know just aren't right. Which, of course, means that since this is Ohio State, I am required to make a sports reference. And my final quote for today will be from Lawrence Peter Yogi Berra, the baseball great Hall of Famer and catcher for the New York Yankees, who is also known for his colorful use of the English language, who said, what gets us into trouble is not what we don't know, it's what we know for sure that just ain't so. Sometimes part of learning is unlearning the things that you know that are wrong. And sometimes it's surprising the things you really were sure. I thought that was right. Just turned out not to be so. Sometimes some of those things have been thought to be right and the absolute truth for 1,500 years. And learning how to unlearn them is what brought us forward from the ancient world to the modern world. So a lot of this class is about the sources of our knowledge and how do we establish what we know and perhaps more importantly what we do not know. We're going to be studying specifically astronomy. Astronomy is the oldest of the sciences. In fact, one might call it the very first of the sciences. It comes from two Greek words. It comes from the Greek word astronomos, astron for star, and nomos for a system of laws. 
Now, today we think of a system of laws as things cast in stone, tablets, and absolute statements of truth. That's not what science is about, truth. Science is basically about a process of learning about the world. Today, what I mean by astronomy is I really mean astrophysics. Astrophysics is how do, how do the phenomena of space are explainable in terms of physical laws that we understand here on Earth. This includes up to and including the study of the entire universe that we call cosmology, which will be the subject of the second half of Astronomy 162. But I said that astronomy is a science. What is a science? It's really hard to define science, I'll be perfectly frank with you. But over the years, I've come up with the following definition. Science is not about what we know but about how we've learned to confront what we do not know. Science is not a body of knowledge and beliefs. It's not a body of knowledge that I go out and memorize and that makes me a scientist. Science is a process. It's a process by which I ask questions of the world and I learn how to interpret the answers that I get back. Or I can break it down into three basic points. The first of these is a science provides us with a framework in which to ask questions and evaluate answers basically a way of critical inquiry about the world around us. Science relies on verifiable data and quantitative measurements. It's not just say-so. It's not sitting around over beers BSing about what you think might be the case. You've got to come up with verifiable data, and you've got to be able to quantify what you're doing. Make a measurement that shows something, and that measurement has to be repeatable by others. This applies both to laboratory sciences, where you're mixing chemicals together in tubes, or historical sciences like astronomy, where I cannot manipulate planets and stars, but I can observe their properties, and I can describe and measure those properties. And finally, science is a practice. It's a practice of the critical examination of the validity of our interpretations drawn from our data. We're all scientists deep inside. We all practice a scientific method and approach to the world. You just may not know it yet. And so one of the things we will be looking at in this class a lot is not so much what we know, but how did we come to learn that? How do I know that's a better explanation than something else? How do I go through that sorting and sifting and that critical process? And that's an essential skill in everything, not just as an astronomer. It's something that I think people don't understand as well. And so a major theme of this class is illustrating that constantly. When I make a statement about the planets or about the stars, I'm not just making it up. I'll tell you where our knowledge came from, but as importantly, I'll tell you what the limits of that knowledge is. What don't we know? Where are the frontiers? Where are the raggedy edges? What don't we know? That's as important to science as all the things we've learned over the past two, 3,000 years. Now, we can break the questions of science down or the questions of astronomy down into three fundamental questions. I owe this to my late uh, PhD advisor, Donald Osterbrock, who always loved to begin his lectures like this in graduate school. It even translates into classes of this order. The first type of question we often ask in astronomy is, what is it? Describe it. How bright is the object? How far away is it? What is it made of? What does it look like? We want to start by describing the phenomena we're observing, come up with a common language to describe it that we can agree upon. Having now asked the question and hopefully answered what is it, we move on to a more difficult question, how does it work? What's the underlying physics behind that phenomenon? Why is it that bright? Why is it that color? Why is it that shape or that chemical composition instead of something else? This is actually often where a lot of the work of science occurs is in this physics step. How does it work? How does it actually work? 
Once I've answered that difficult question, and I haven't even gotten to the point with a lot of tough subjects, I can pretty much answer question number one. Question number two is actually not fully posed for every single idea in astronomy. But if I succeed in answering this question to my satisfaction or good enough, I can move on to the next question, how does it evolve? Having established the physical rules by which the phenomenon operates, how does that physics play out in time? When I say evolution in this class, I mean evolution in the broad sense of the original word, which means an unfolding. A phenomenon has an origin, and a phenomenon has an end, end, and it has a set of development through time from its beginning to its end. What is that development, and how is that development informed by the physics of how it works? When a star is born, how will it end up? When a planet is formed, what will it look like? One billion, two billion, three billion years down the line. What are the physical laws that determine what that path of evolution is going to look like? Now, we often think of evolution in terms of biological evolution, Darwin evolution. That's an aspect of it. But in astronomy, we're talking about physical evolution. How do physical systems unfold in time? That is the most difficult question of all. For planets, we can answer the first two. The third, kind of dicey, but we'll talk a little bit about what we know. For stars, we can actually answer a lot of these. For galaxies, we're just starting to crack on the third. And for the universe, surprisingly, we've actually answered questions in all three categories, but we can't really always agree exactly on how all those questions interact. That's what science is all about, is trying to figure out how to answer these questions and the process by which we develop those answers. So what are we going to do in this class? Obviously, this is a broad topic, covers a lot of human history, and we've got to do it in 10 weeks. We're going to divide this course into four basic parts. Historic, descriptive astronomy, practical astronomy, if you will, the historical origins of astronomy, the physics of astronomy, what are the rules, and finally, we're going to apply those to the solar system and try to answer those three questions that we posed for a well-defined physical system, our home, the solar system. Descriptive astronomy is practical astronomy. The apparent motions of the sun, moon, and stars, the courses of the seasons, our timekeeping and calendrical systems are based on astronomy. The phases of the moon, eclipses, motions of the planets, all of these are descriptive phenomena. They answer the first question, what is it? Describe it. Then we need to ask what the origins of modern astronomy is, the effort to understand how does it work? Why do the planets and sun and moon move the way they do? This will bring us to classical astronomy, the Copernican revolution of Copernicus, Brahe, Kepler, and Galileo, up to the synthesis of Newton, which brings us to the modern day. This is going to take up about a week and a half in the middle of the class. It's actually one of the most important stories in Western civilization because it tells us how we got from then to now. It really is, this is the main path by which that occurred. Yes, there's wars and politics, but there were ideas that worked in the interstices between all of those world events that actually gave birth to the modern world filled with all the technology we see around us and an amazing change of understanding, which was almost static for 2,000 years. And in 300 years, we've basically gone from a world lit only by fire to a world in which we have begun to manipulate the power of the atom itself. How does that work? What are those rules? What are those rules we learned since Newton and Galileo and Kepler? That's the physics of astronomy. For this portion of the course, it comes down to two basic areas. Gravitation, the force that binds all matter to all other matter together in the universe. How does it work and how does it determine the motions of the planets, orbits and tides? And then light and atoms, 
How do we link the realm of the very large to the realm of the very small? What is the electromagnetic spectrum? Light is the messenger. I cannot touch most of the phenomena in astronomy. They're too far away and too vastly different. Diff- distant from me as a human being to interact with directly. But I can see the light that comes from them across the distance of the universe. How do I read the message of that light? And I can tell you how far away it is, how bright it is, what it is made of, and give you some idea of how it has begun to evolve and change in time. It's a remarkable story about how we read so much information out of simply the light that comes from an object, how it interacts and and produces light. And finally, a little word about the tools of the astronomer, the telescopes and the instruments we use to make those measurements. Then we're going to take all those pieces and we're going to put them together. And the last essential 40-50% of the course will be on the solar system. We will start at home with the Earth and the Moon and move on to comparative planetology. Rather than simply our friend the solar system, planet after planet, we're going to contrast and compare their properties. What lessons can we learn from other planets for the origin of Earth and vice versa? Finally, once we understand what the origin of the solar system is and how to read some of the remarkable history of the origins of our solar system, born more than four and a half billion years ago, how can that begin to inform us as to begin to look for other solar systems, the search for other solar systems throughout the universe? When I first started teaching at Ohio State, we knew of one solar system. We now know more than 220 in the last 10 years. We will probably know more than that even by the end of this quarter. Our explosion of knowledge beyond our own solar system has been profound. And we'll start with that exploration tomorrow afternoon. Okay, see you all tomorrow.